Welcome to Healthy Choices with your host, Ray Solano from Austin, Texas. We're ready for your calls right now. Call in toll-free at 877-956-9566. Now, here's your host, Ray Solano. Well, we're glad to have you with us on Healthy Choices XM, broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. I'm your moderator today, Kenny Rawmeyer, and joining me in studio is your host, Ray Solano, clinical pharmacist and clinical nutritionist. And we are ready to answer your questions about your health and how to make responsible choices that can change your life. And today, a very important topic, Ray, concussion and brain injuries, and we now know that this topic goes well beyond the uh, professional football field, right? Well, exactly. It affects so many people, so many different facets of our society, and that's the reason why we invited uh, Dr. Iris Wingrove, who's a very is an expert in this area, and, and is, is a, has explained how this is a public health issue. Dr. Wingrove? Right. Thank you so much for having me on Healthy Choices. And I'm really glad to be here and share my perspective as a general neurologist. Um, Beyond the wide spectrum of neurological disorders that I see, I actually have some specialized training as a credentialed impact consultant um, and able to help explain to my patients, diagnose and manage uh, concussions now with the state-of-the-art technology that we have. And really, I see this, I've seen how concussion affects folks, not only from even before I was even a, a doctor. Um, at my college sweetheart suffered a concussion in front of my eyes during one of his intramural basketball games. And I had to rush over and see if he was okay, dazed. Um and then after the fact, getting him out of the game, having to kind of deal with some of those um, issues that don't quite look like an injury when you break your arm or break a leg. It's very obvious, um, but can affect you in so many ways. Um, and then as a mother of children who are very active, um, I can speak to the kind of um, risk factors that affect concussion all across the population. So from the playground to um, sports and then motor vehicle accidents, it's really a public health issue that as a neurologist, I feel strongly to continue to raise awareness. And Ray, let me just add that uh, Dr. Iris Wingrove is in studio today. She's a neurologist and founder of Optimize Neurology Clinic here in Austin. Also joining us via the phones today is Dr. Dr. Andrew Heyman, founder of Virginia Center for Integrative Medicine and program chairman of Medical Metabolic Institute of George Washington University. By the way, our toll-free number, if you'd like to join the discussion, we know you'll have some questions about what we're talking about today. Here it is, 877-956-9566. That's 877-956-9566. 9566 for any of your questions today, or you can send us a text during our discussion. It's 512-219-0724. To send us a text, 512-219-0724. And before we get back to our guest today, Ray, let me just say we'd like to thank our sponsor for today's program. That's PD Labs, an Austin-based pharmacy focused on research-centered pharmaceuticals. For more information, check out their website, pdlabs.com. 
HealthyChoicesXM.net. And you can always check out our website as well, HealthyChoicesXM.com, for podcasts on our previous shows. Ray? Dr. Heyman, we, again, uh, thank you for being on our show today. And I know we have spoken many times on the 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 tremendous amount of people that have brain injuries that sometimes it's it's not always traumatic that they are in accidents or in trauma, but there's a lot of environmental uh, brain injuries that occur that almost have some of the similar symptoms. For our listeners, maybe if you can go through some of those uh, other types of brain injuries that you see in your practice on a daily basis. Sure. Thanks, Ray, for having me. Uh, I, I entered into uh, this world of brain injury not through concussion per se, uh, although certainly in, in my own practice uh, I would see patients who've had you know various forms of uh, concussive events. Uh, but I found it curious that I had this other patient population that would sort of deny uh, any recent or, or, or historical uh, uh, brain injury, but they were having symptoms that really uh, reflected someone who uh, sounded like they had a concussive event. The cognitive decline, mood-related changes, uh, sleep disorder, uh, irritability, uh, and it turned out that, in fact, what we discovered is that there's this other metabolic category uh, that uh, induces brain-related changes, and the symptom list is very similar. Uh, to what we see in, in traumatic brain injury and chronic traumatic encephalopathy. In my particular clinical work, uh, we became very interested, therefore, in uh, biotoxic exposures. And we're surprised to find that, in fact, the inflammatory process that's established in patients who are living in a moldy environment or they acquire tick-borne illness, such as Lyme disease or related co-infections, or, for example, if they've been swimming in a body of water and they encounter fisteria, which is a uh, algae, uh, there's a long list of these biological agents that trigger very specific parts of the immune system, which in turn injure the brain. And that was a real breakthrough for us in, uh, with respect to identifying very specific um, structural abnormalities in this patient population uh, that were unrelated to a concussive event, but the symptom list uh, was very similar. Uh, so for us, this has been a, a really important um, discovery in, in, in the work that we do. Uh, and interestingly, when you look at sort of the, the mechanisms of prolonged injury in, in individuals with a, a, a traumatic brain injury or concussive event, the secondary, as we call it, ongoing metabolic inflammatory and oxidative stress processes begin to look very similar to what we see in our mold and Lyme population. Dr. Heyman, you've been able to turn around a lot of these patients with therapies and some being able to see the repair actually from MRIs. I understand you have some of the largest database of brain injuries, and maybe if you can explain a little bit of that to our to our listeners. Uh, sure. So because we were seeing a symptom list that was so similar to concussive events, and we began to identify a series of proteomic markers in particular that overlapped uh, with the literature in traumatic brain injury, including uh, TGF-beta-1, uh, C4A, which is part of the alternate complement cascade, uh, matrix metalloproteinases, uh, vascular endothelial growth factor. Uh, we, we then asked the question, well, 
if there's this uh, chronic inflammatory response that's established in these patients that have had an exposure, and we know that some of these um, markers will bridge the blood-brain barrier, uh, can we see this on imaging studies? And we settled on uh, a a newer form of of imaging called neuroquant, uh, which has its strengths and, and, and certainly limitations. Uh, but it's a volumetric assessment of uh, 11 areas of the brain. It was originally developed for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And what we found as we were collecting data is that there were very specific areas of the brain that were showing structural abnormalities. And these abnormalities were uh, consistent. Uh, what was interesting, though, is that despite the fact that patients with mold and Lyme and other biotoxic exposures have very similar symptoms, very similar metabolic profiles, uh, what we were surprised to find is that the brain-related changes in these populations were different and unique to the original exposure. So, for example, we'll see diminished size in the caudate uh, in patients with uh, mold exposure, and there's a contiguous structure right next to it, the putamen, which, uh, in turn, we would see a diminished size in patients with Lyme disease. We'd also see uh, interstitial edema or swelling in the prefrontal cortex, uh, as well as um, other related centers, uh, specifically in mold, which we don't see in Lyme disease. And we began to therefore segment patients uh, based on these brain-related changes. We've now collected the largest data set in the world uh, with respect to these neuroquant MRIs uh, and their characteristic findings uh, for patients that have had these exposures. Now, there's another group of people where there have, well, we've been able to identify areas of nuclear atrophy or diminished size uh, unrelated to those exposures, and we're not sure what we're looking at. There are probably additional exposures that these individuals have had, or maybe these are the correlates to a concussive event uh, in the person's uh, history. Uh, but this has been a real breakthrough for us to be able to uh, better understand the kind of genomic, proteomic, and structural neurologic changes uh, that begin to identify uh, this patient population. And we've also had long discussions with um, some traumatic brain injury specialists, uh, especially in the military, uh, neurointensivists, for example, that have done a lot of work in uh, special operations forces collecting data. And it does seem to be that there's some overlap in especially the metabolic profiling of individuals that have concussive events and also individuals that have these uh, additional biotoxic exposures, which I think raises a lot of questions with regard to policy, uh, public health, uh, military safety, operational um, efficiency, a whole uh, host of challenges and issues that have to be asked, uh, particularly in our military population. And just a reminder, this is Healthy Choices XM, broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. Your host and studio, clinical pharmacist and clinical nutritionist, Ray Solano. Our guest in studio today is Dr. Iris Wingrove, a neurologist and founder of Optimized Neurology Clinic here in Austin. Also, via phone, Dr. Andrew Heyman, the founder of Virginia Center for Integrative Medicine and program chair of the Medical Metabolic Institute of George Washington University. You can join us by giving us a call at 877-956-9566 as we are talking about concussion and brain injuries today, 877-956-9566, or you can send us a text at 
800-227-0724, Ray. Dr. Wingrove, you listen to what Dr. Heyman has seen in his practice and the is the similarities that you've seen in your practice for sports injuries and these different types of concussions, have you seen some of the same uh, results that he's talking about? Well, certainly um, I can speak to the similar signs and symptoms that are seen across the board with all of these brain injury patients. Um, I wish I could say that we had in the community setting the availability of such robust imaging techniques to offer widely. Um, And hopefully we do get there because right now one of the – the issues that we have diagnostically is that there may not be any imaging um, showing the abnormalities um, in in the sense of the imaging that we can, you know, order um, here in town, for example, in Austin. Um, and so we really do have to rely on some of the diagnostic tools um, that are currently available, and that includes a good historical evaluation, whether you're there at the sideline or after the fact when uh, patients and their families are seeking um, a healthcare professional opinion. Uh, now having neurocognitive testing um, that is reliable and has good validity has been a really important part of my practice and being able to offer that whether you have a baseline test or post-injury um, or just the post-injury testing available so that it can guide management uh, thereafter uh, because it used to be kind of the mentality of tough it out mm-hmm. and then it kind of swiveled all the way to, okay, complete rest, um, kind of strict and extensive rest, which we also know is not necessarily the best for patients. And so what um, what it is that we need to uh, let our our patients and their families know about what to expect in recovery and rehabilitation um, really relies on how good we we diagnostically uh, test to be able to provide that framework of right. uh, recommendations. Dr. Heyman, if you, it seems like there's been a change in the therapy where before it was now uh, it's total rest and seclusion. Now it's active rehabilitation. Uh, I'll ask Dr. Heyman first, have you seen this has been a very positive change in being able to help people with concussions and brain injuries, being more of an active rehabilitation? Uh, Yeah, I think so. We, You know, really um, the way we characterize these patients in traumatic injury is sort of three categories. One is uh, what can we do to optimize brain health uh, before the event. So if it's in a high-risk population, contact sport, military, uh, cyclist, for example, um, you know, are there strategies that, you know, we can deploy? The second is in the acute phase. And, uh, you know, are there uh, additional therapies that we can offer immediately uh, directly after the event? And then there's sort of the long-term chronic. And, and the, the piece that I think is really important is that You know, for a long time, uh, researchers in this area were very focused on the concussive event itself and the vector forces. And um, 
while that's one important component, which is sort of the, the primary injury, and what can be done to mitigate that with better helmet technology, for example, um, probably even more importantly are not just the repeated events that can occur across the brain and what some of my colleagues have shown um, in their work in the military environment is that far less important is the uh, direct amount of force, uh, especially when it's a, um, a vector uh, directed at uh, the forehead. Uh, but more importantly are lateral forces uh, that cause twisting to one side or the other. And these can be minimal forces, but if they're recurrent, uh, apparently that's even more problematic. But even more importantly than that, potentially, are the secondary effects. And there's a cascade of metabolic changes that occur in brain tissue that have to be addressed. So there's depletion of the energy packets of the cell, such as ATP. There's disruption of the um, cell membrane, uh, including the ion pumps. So we see uh, excess influx of calcium. Uh, we also have activation of uh, oxidative stress markers. Uh, and then ultimately cell death as a consequence of all of this. So the metabolic disruption is huge. And just now, researchers are beginning to ask the question, what can we do to intervene based on the metabolic changes as opposed to just, you know, mitigating the force itself? So how can we reduce oxidative stress? How can we reduce... Um, the depletion of glutathione and NAD levels. How can we mitigate against PARP1, which is very important to regulate cell death? So there's all these questions that are arising in the literature on what are the best therapies and how do we intervene and, and when. Uh, we've done some of that work ourselves in our patient population, and we've even shown reversal of architectural injury using very specialized neuropeptides such as vasoactive intestinal peptide or unique extracts from ginseng such as RG3 or NAD precursors uh, such as nicotinamide riboside, all of which are designed to manage the metabolic and... Well, we may have lost uh, Dr. Heyman there for... Just a moment. We'll reestablish contact with him, Ray, as I see we are getting some text questions coming in. Let me just remind our listeners that you can give us a text at 512-219-0724, or you can give us a call at 877-956-9566. Ray, I understand you did have a text come in just yeah. a moment ago. And Dr. Heyman was going over some therapies, uh, uh, this uh, RG3 uh, nasal spray with nicotinamide riboside, some very revolutionary therapies that he'll come back on the line hopefully in just a second. But before, we we got a text that uh, a mother is called. is very concerned about a seven-year-old grandchild that uh, when he gets very angry, he hits his head in, on his fist on the on the wall. What should he do? So that's a, you know that's a really good question mm-hmm. when they see this type of uh, of trauma coming to. A, uh, to a small child, you know, there, there is some things that are going on that maybe not specifically, I guess, the root cause with the problem. Why is the child getting hitting their head against the wall? Sometimes we've seen in a lot of autistic children is they sometimes 
cause injury to themselves to re- because they're in pain because of another issue. Um, Dr. Wingrove, do you have any comments or anything, any, any suggestions for that, uh, for that grandmother? I think the grandmother has good reason to be concerned, and I think um, kind of like you spoke to, trying to um, address some of the root causes in order to avoid that behavior, um, especially if it's a repetitive behavior with uh, the banging of the head and obviously causing some of those mechanical forces that can cause um, concussive-type injuries. Um, but definitely looking into those behavioral causes. Right. Um, What's causing it first? First and right. foremost. As and a, and Dr. Heyman has rejoined us, Doctor, just to repeat briefly, the paraphrasing, Ray, a text that you received, uh, a grandmother concerned about her seven-year-old grandson, some self-induced behavior here of some kind, Dr. Heyman, where he's uh, – you know, hitting his head against the wall, and she's concerned about the uh, the injuries associated with that. If you care to comment, uh, yeah, I, I agree that um, certainly you'd want to identify wh- why this is occurring uh, in the first place. Um, but but something very simple that could be done in the meantime, uh, which certainly uh, potentially could be safe, would be. Um, uh, some fish oil, especially higher levels of DHA, um, just to help protect uh, the child's brain in the meantime. Now, that was you said fish oil, and what was that second thing, doctor, that you mentioned? Uh, DHA, which is a component of fish oil. It's an omega-3 fatty acid, which has been studied in traumatic brain injury. Okay, omega-3. Well, I think a lot of our listeners are familiar with that, right? Exactly. Well, Dr. Heyman, before we were eight, we lost connection with you, you did mention a little bit of work that you've you've seen with the uh, different uh, nasal sprays, the RG3 nasal spray and nicotinoid riboside, some interesting right. components that you've been able to uh, see some results with your patients. Uh, we've got a few minutes before our break. Maybe if you can uh, just t- uh, pick up where you left off. Sure. Thanks uh, again. Sorry I got cut off. Um, so we're very interested in sort of the metabolic disturbances that arise because of traumatic brain injury or, in, again, in our patient population, biotoxic exposures. And we've been looking for novel or unique ingredients that begin to target some of the mechanisms or pathways by which injury continually occurs. And so we've been able to identify uh, an ingredient as an extract from ginseng called RG3. And RG3 is a special ginsenicide, uh, which has been shown to have some uh, very interesting properties in terms of protecting the brain. Uh, It stabilizes uh, what are called NMDA receptors, uh, which are part of the excitotoxic pathway. Uh, RG3 has been shown to decrease oxidative stress in the brain. Uh, It's also been shown to um, blunt activation of microglial cells, which are the inflammatory cells of the brain. Uh, so when we apply RG3 in a nasal spray form in these patients that have cognitive decline and mood instability, um, they tend to respond relatively well over time. We also combine that with a precursor uh, to uh, nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, or NAD, and we use um, nicotinamide riboside. So nicotinamide riboside helps to replete pools of NAD in the brain. And NAD is kind of like brain food. It helps mm-hmm. to increase BDNF. Uh, it helps to stabilize oxidative stress. Uh, and it helps to also reduce inflammation. It's been studied specifically in neurodegenerative diseases, um, 
and in particular helps to modulate something called PARP, which is important for cell death. And so these two products together have been shown to have some very important neuroprotective uh, capacities, and we use this routinely in patients which have um, uh, neurodegenerative illnesses, uh, neuroinflammatory processes, and certainly in concussions and TBI. And our discussion of concussions and brain injuries will continue here on Healthy Choices XM. Our number is 877-956-9566, or you can send us a text at 512-219-0724. A great opportunity for you to give us your questions. Our experts are standing by. They'll be here for another full half hour. Be sure and stay with us here on Healthy Choices XM.
Let's talk about your healthy choices. We have room for you right now. Toll free at 877-956-9566. And you're listening to Healthy Choices XM, broadcasting from right here live in Austin, Texas. Your host in studio today is clinical pharmacist and clinical nutritionist, Ray Solano. I'm your moderator, Kenny Rawmeyer. Also joining us in studio today, our special guest is Dr. Iris Wingrove, neurologist and founder of Optimized Neurology Clinic here in Austin. Also joining us via phone, our special guest, Dr. Andrew Heyman, founder of Virginia Center for Integrative Medicine and program chairman of Medical Metabolic Institute at George Washington University, Ray, as we're having a very fascinating conversation about concussion and brain injuries, and we invite our listeners to give our experts a call and ask your questions about concussions or brain injuries. 877-956-9566, 877-956-9566, or you can send us a text at 512-219-0724. Ray Solano. Dr. Heyman, I know that we've, we've spoken many times that the patients that come to you are the ones that are wounded or the ones that everybody else rejects because you have a very interesting group of patients and population. Maybe if you have some stories, because you've helped a lot of people all around, all across the country, maybe you can select a couple of stories of some of the people that you've been able to help and some of the conditions you've been able to turn around. Uh, sure. So... You know, I, I like to joke that uh, to some degree my, my clinic is like the island of misfit toys. Um, patients come to us because um, either they have sort of known illnesses that have not responded fully to uh, conventional therapies um, and or, and this is I think the bigger category, it's a patient population that uh, is quite sick and I think everybody sort of recognizes that they're ill, uh, but they're just not sure what's going on. And it seems to me uh, that um, in, in this particular population, um, what we're finding is that a, a good majority of them uh, have a chronic inflammatory process uh, that um, a- has created a wide variety of uh, uh, symptoms and problems uh, for the for the patient. Um, I, I can think of uh, one person in particular sort of getting back to our team uh, he was a Marine uh, who uh, trained here in Virginia, saw three tours of duty in Afghanistan, um, and experienced a series of concussive events. And when he came back to my practice, he thought that um, his symptoms of uh, brain fog and um, memory loss and mood instability and irritability were related just to those issues. And we thought so, too, on the surface. Um, it all made sense. And I, and I work with a psychologist who specializes in PTSD for uh, veterans. So we began working with him on that level. But as we started pulling on his, uh, what I would call, metabolic dreads, uh, what we found uh, was a whole other layer of uh, metabolic problems with this individual. Uh, he had an active Lyme infection, uh, which we were able to uh, diagnose. And looking back in his history, uh, we actually believe he probably contracted it uh, before he went into theater, uh, probably because of uh, training in Virginia. And, of course, Marines and other 
um, operators are are taught not to uh, give in to the fatigue and pain that they you know that's all part of uh, you know their their conditioning and training. Um, but he also noticed that he wasn't as sharp as he should have been even while in combat. In addition to that, when we uh, scanned his brain, we could actually see uh, changes that were more consistent actually with with mold. And he talked about uh, the military housing that he had spent years in in North Carolina and Virginia that were visibly moldy. And what we discovered then is an individual who had multiple vectors or multiple events that were I think we may have lost. Well, it. sadly, we we've lost connection. Well, I, I think with Doctor well, Heyman. I think we'll you, I think uh, you know I've, I've listened to uh, the story, and, and you're correct. It, it it seems to be he's having multiple vectors, both from uh, the the battle and also from mold and also from limes that correspond together, and unfortunately, can be extremely debilitating, uh, both psychologically for functioning and also for the patient. And many times, nobody can figure this out. And also, you know, what I guess what we're hearing, Dr. Wingrove, is that these injuries are can be so debilitating for individuals in their lives, their families, and many times they're just misunderstood because it's not as clear-cut as any other diagnosis. I know that the, there was this article that recently talked about Dale Earnhardt's Jr.'s uh, long-time concussion recovery, how long that that has that has taken. So maybe, Doctor, have you seen this for again? Like Doc, Doctor, uh, Doctor Heyman is talking about these these people that are suffering in so many different areas that are affecting their whole families for concussions and these types of brain injuries. Have you seen this in your practice as well? Absolutely. I think one of the reasons that I end up seeing some of these folks even after they've visited their primary care physicians is that. While they appear overall to be doing pretty well on the surface, um, they're describing when having um, a, a longer amount of time to be able to tell their stories that they're not feeling quite right. Even though they might look all right, they might not be feeling all right. And that might in- involve things cognitively and how they can multitask or not really be able to plan um things, reason as well, uh, learn things as well, or communicate. Um, physically, sometimes their coordination is affected. Um, they have issues with balance. Uh, it can affect their um, ability to how they sense their surroundings, if they're having headaches or are overly uh, sensitive to light, sounds. And at the end of the day, if you're feeling like that, you have trouble going to school you can have trouble in your work work, life and then in your home life. um, You may be irritable, experiencing mood issues and sleep issues, and it's a kind of a merry-go-round. Merry-go-round. Ray, good news. We've reestablished contact with Dr. Heyman, and let me just uh, give this to our listeners, a number if you'd like to join us. We know this number's working. And you can give us a call at 877-956-9566 if you have a question about concussions or brain injuries for our experts in studio, Dr. Iris Wingrove and Dr. Andrew Heyman. Dr. Heyman, uh, glad to have you back. And and we know you were just uh, wrapping up really one of your answers of uh, one of the 
uh, success stories, really, that you've had with uh, with some of your patients as you were telling us about uh, the kind of conditioning that uh, a Marine would go through, for example. That's, that's where we lost you, sir. Uh, thanks, and thanks for having me back. So uh, this patient had you know, been training in Virginia, training in North Carolina, had three tours of duty, and came back after multiple concussive events. Um, and as a veteran, was noticing uh, exactly what uh, uh, you were just talking about with respect to the cognitive decline, the mood, related issues, the irritability and sleeplessness, uh, and we thought it was all just traumatic brain injury. Uh, what we found on further testing is that he had also had a number of biotoxic exposures, and uh, so we went about um, helping to treat uh, uh, a Lyme disease that he had acquired probably before he went into combat. Uh, he had also uh, shown some mold-related changes in his brain um, uh, based on the Neuroquan MRI, and we um, then had to develop a very systematic uh, set of therapies to deal with all of these issues in terms of the chronic infection, the ongoing inflammation, and the brain-related changes. And, you know, I'm happy to say now his MRI. Well, unfortunately, we've lost connections again there. With uh, We know it was a, a good outcome, a good answer. It was. You know, and, and we've I've heard these 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 uh, stories again from Dr. Heyman that he's – people, there is hope. That's the important thing is to be able to get with practitioners that are knowledgeable of the entire uh, integrative medicine uh, portion of these brain injuries and be able to peel them back as an onion one piece at a time and have the patience – to be able to do it because it takes a lot of time. And these people do get their lives back. We, I've worked with uh, Dr. Heyman and his patients in different medical therapies, the nasal sprays that, that, that he's put them on, the different uh, medications. And these people turn around and they come back and they, they are so thankful that somebody is willing to take the time to uh, listen to them. So yeah. we're excited about that. Ray, somewhat familiar with the story about Dale Earnhardt Jr. that you referenced a moment ago. And and he talks about his recovery period where you all talked about this in the first part of the program of just the advice was take it easy and take care of yourself and that. And he found, well, that's not working so well. I'm not really recovering as I thought I might. And he became more active and started doing some exercise as part of the recovery. And that actually began to help, right? That That's right. And have you seen this for your, your patients as well? Doctor? Yes. So actually, it really does take a, a multifaceted approach um, from the starting the activity process in stages, kind of testing the waters, and then mm-hmm. um, it's it's like a gradient that that patients need to go through to return. We want them to return to what they were doing as long as they can get there in a safe way. Kind of a phased approach yes, then, really, absolutely. right? absolutely. And that doesn't only include the physical aspect of things, but also how they can be able to read and um, be able to watch their electronics and tolerate them or not. It also has to be in a gradient uh, way as as well as um, not forgetting the uh, – the different angles of nutrition and um, I mean I've even seen with that RG3 nasal spray um, some of the attention and and concentration that is needed for so many of these other things that we're supposed to be telling our patients to uh, 
note to see if they have improvement, we can we can use so many different things, including that, uh, to give them sometimes a bit of a, a boost. Um, so. As we welcome Dr. Heyman back, here's our phone number once again to uh, to join us, 877-956-9566. You can give us a call at 877-956-9566, or you can send us a text at 512-219-0724. Text at 512-219-0724. And uh, I think we got Dr. Heyman back. Uh, uh, Dr. Heyman, be, I wanted to make sure that, you know, we give out your contact information because you do give so much help to some of these patients, and you do, uh, like you said, see the uh, the misfit toys of, uh, of of the medical community. Can you give out your your address and maybe your your website for our, our listeners? Sure. So um, our address is three nine zero seven zero John Mosby Highway, Aldi, Virginia. Um. And our um, we have a uh, a new web. Yeah, I got a new web. I got a new website. I've seen that. That's what yeah, I was we hoping. Do. And it's uh, pretty robust for what I see. And uh, since it's so new, I have to look it up right now. <laughs> no, let's understand. It's a great website, just not committed to memory yet, right? We know how that is. You had the other one for such a long time, and then you you make that adjustment. Uh, Here we do. Well, so it's uh, V is in Victor, C is in Charlie, four the number four, H W dot com. Well, that's an interesting website. What does that stand for? It stands for Virginia Center for Health and Wellness. There we go. That makes it easy. Well, we'll make sure we post that on our website, Healthy Choices uh, XM dot com, and also. Dr. Wingrove, we want to give out your contact information. Sometimes we forget to acknowledge your practice. I know that we have people that call all the time and are so uh, they they are so enthused with the, the way that and the patience that you take with them, and they they can't say enough positive things. Uh, I, I can tell you, there's not many. You're one of the most popular neurologists in Austin, so I want to make sure we we plug your information for our, our listeners as well. Thank you, Ray. So my website is optimizeneurology.com, and um, I also can be followed on Twitter at optimizeneuro. And I have just a brand new one week old Facebook page for Optimize Neurology, so I'm happy to. Have folks follow me there, and um, I'll be putting some blogs up. And um, yeah, excited to to be here. Well, this is neurologists, or it seems to be they're always booked, and it's very difficult to get in. So uh, we're glad that you have some. Uh, you're still seeing new patients, right? Yes, I am. That's great, uh, Doctor Heyman. I know that you uh, speak, uh, you lecture around the country. And you're still seeing patients because you have a pretty large practice of four physicians in your practice, I believe? Uh, we have three physicians and a nurse practitioner, and we're bringing on a fourth physician uh, after the first of the year. Uh, it, it's still amazing to me uh, that, uh, you know, we, we really don't do a lot of um, advertising or marketing, as you can see. Uh, basically, it's our website. and And yet, when when you do this kind of work and you thank goodness get enough good results 
people talk and the word spreads. And so they show up, uh, and sometimes uh, they show up from a, a very long distance. You know, they coming from the West Coast or Canada or, you know, wherever. Um, and, you know, we've, we've had to grow the practice to sort of, you know, meet that need. It's exciting work. It's important work. Um, and there's so much more to learn and do, especially in this area of, you know, neurodegeneration and, and cognitive issues and traumatic brain injury. Um, and it's, it's always good to see when patients get better. Well, we're we're happy to make sure that you're doing the work that you're you're uh, helping these patients, especially these soldiers. We just got a text from uh, a listener that did a three deployments and had a, a neck injury of C four, five, six, and seven. My goodness! Mm-hmm. And he's in constant pain and uh, triggers headaches. He has no energy, and he used to be a ball of fire. Of course, if you did that that many tours, and would be interested in somebody to restore his life. So this gives you you know, an indication of the type of suffering patients uh, are, are are seeing and the, the, I guess the people that you see on a daily basis. And help us with that quickly. What you said, injury to C4, 5, 6, what does that mean? C4, Dr. Wingrove, why so don't you explain they're, that? They're talking about the different la- um, levels in the neck. The cervical spine okay. um, is numbered. And so kind of if you feel down your neck, the, mm-hmm. the part that sticks out, that's C7. And so then just every finger width up is a different level. Okay. And so with multiple uh, levels there as described in the text, that's a severe injury then. Was safe to say? Safe Potentially. To, safe to say that that would cause the patient, quite a bit but... of pain um, because those levels then even radiate out into uh, the upper extremities. Mm -hmm. Um, It can radiate up into the head. And then he also mentioned um, that there were headaches. And obviously there are a lot of layers here where neurologically um, this gentleman is suffering. And when that can be addressed, um, that in turn also uh, helps the overall, if any, brain injury because, again, as Dr. Heyman had spoken to, these chronic inflammatory states, wherever they're coming from, whichever vector, um, does impact just the overall neurological system. Yeah. And also just to mention, uh, this is a female. So, oh, okay. So uh, we just got corrected from we, – we appreciate our listeners texting us and and hopefully that you can contact either Dr. Heyman and his clinic in, in Virginia or Dr. Wingrove here in Austin. But there, I think the important thing is there's help. There is a, a group of very knowledgeable uh, neurologists that are, understand the complexities of these injuries. And it's not just taking more and more pain medication because we're seeing a lot of these people become very addicted the opiates and just this cascade, it gets worse and worse. Right. Well, a great opportunity to say thanks to the men and women in all branches of the military who serve our country, the sacrifice that they make in their families. So we're glad to make that correction. Thanks for that. And with about five minutes to go here, Ray, maybe our, our guests could begin to summarize a little bit. I guess one of the things that I've learned, and I'm certainly not nearly as close to it as all of you in the medical profession, is there are multiple causes of the concussions and the brain injuries. We hear so much about football-related injuries or sports-related injuries, but certainly they can happen in a construction job, in the military. We had a young child, a grandma that texted us in the first half hour, said that her, her grandchild was, was having some self-induced 
brain injuries. Beyond the physical piece of it, there's mold and there's some of these other envirotoxins, Ray, that come into play here as well. So maybe we could just get a little summary about all of that from from our experts here. Yeah, Dr. Haven, I, if you could just, you know, one of the things that you've been able to uncover is brain injuries uncovers so many different areas. And maybe yeah. just uh, real quickly, maybe you can give our listeners some, uh, some hope and maybe uh, some areas that the, they can be, you know, just not give up uh, in trying to get answers for. Yeah, you know, thanks, Ray. And I, I think this is such a really important topic and, and, and we all come to it, you know, through our, through our own, you know, personal experiences. And, and, you know, the bottom line for me has been this sort of growing awareness and recognition that there are all sorts of events and forces uh, that um, can harm or injure the brain. And I never really sort of appreciated, the, you know, such the large variety uh, in, in that regard. So I'm always asking myself the question, what are all those potential um, issues that the person has contended with over the course of their life? Certainly concussions and biotoxic exposures, but, but even stress. I mean, we know stress changes the brain, uh, and it's its own sort of metabolic force in a sense. And so there's a long list of these things that, you know, we have to sort of identify and contend with. And then we also have to measure the, the metabolic reaction. You know, uh, how inflamed is the brain? What are the markers that, that we can draw uh, and, you know, we look at genomics, we look at some proteomics, these are very specialized inflammatory markers and oxidative stress markers that are giving us a window. And we're still learning about, you know, how to best measure these things, and it's very, very early. And then finally, the consequences, which are the brain-related changes. And so I always talk to patients about we have to identify the exposures and deal with them, whether they're current or historical. We have to turn off the inflammation and oxidative stress in the brain and return it back, that back to normal. And then finally, we still have to recognize and potentially contend with the physical, structural, brain-related changes. We have to manage all three. But if That's... we can do that and get a little lucky, we can actually return patients back to normal. And it's an amazing thing to, to, to watch unfold over time. It's a lot of work. It's multidisciplinary um, in, in its approach, but, but it is possible. It's still very early days. So, you know, I just want to be clear about that. But but we are getting better at this this whole approach. That is a great, great summary for our listeners. They have hope. There are answers. Dr. Wingrove, uh, closing comments uh, for our listeners? Absolutely. Concussion is brain injury. It is serious. It does need to have continued awareness as this uh, ever-evolving, and hopefully um, we get better management techniques that we can be up-to-date with to offer patients. It may have consequences long-term, right? Absolutely. So it's important to get help, right? It's important to get help right away. It's also important to get help um, in the long term and have that awareness not only by uh, the patient themselves, but also by their family members, caregivers, the teachers, coaches. Uh, it really extends into the, the entire community to, to look out for the signs and symptoms so that they can get the help they need. Perfect. Ray, your website, HealthyChoicesXM.com, is a great resource for podcasts, certainly of this program and other previous programs, a wealth of information about all the things that, that you talk about every weekend here on uh, Healthy Choices XM. What's coming up next week? Real uh, next quickly? week, uh, Dr. Uh, Lane Sebring is going to be broadcasting live from Las Vegas 
at the anti-aging conference talking about ketone diets and how it affects slows the aging process and how it can be very effective for treating chronic diseases. So you don't want to miss that show next week, uh, Dr. Lane Sebring. Very good. And that's uh, 5 o'clock Central Time, Healthy Choices XM. Great to have you with us today. Thanks so much for being with us, Ray, and to our guest, Dr. Iris Wingrove and Dr. Andrew Heyman. Thank you, Dr. Heyman. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Ray. Dr. Thank Wingrove, you. thanks a lot for uh, taking out this time on Saturday. My pleasure. Stay, stay tuned to next week on Healthy Choices XM, and Dr. Lane Sebring is going to join us talking about the ketogenic diet. Check out our website, healthychoicesxm.com, and all the products that we talked about on our show. And also, pdlabs.net is our sponsor. Check out their website as well. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>